0: This is War Vessel Radio, standing firm upon the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking triumphantly from the Word of God, boldly living from a position in Christ and decreasing so that Jesus will increase, proclaiming to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ and a hope and a future found in Him. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 46 of the War Vessel Radio podcast. This has kind of been an exciting week for me, Um, I got engaged this last weekend, which is super exciting, and just very blessed at what the Lord's done the last few months, and my courtship to a beautiful young lady, and so, um, yeah, looking forward to a new season of life, and it's also partly why I've been pretty busy recently, and so, um, also why I've been seeking a transition, and, and needing to step back and look at the podcast in a new light and figure out where I need to head with it. So, yes, it's been a big week. So this week, ironically, since uh, I have recently become engaged, um, I've been going through John. Last week I talked briefly in that mini transition episode about being in John 14, 15, 16, and 17 and doing this podcast. just kind of immersion study in those four chapters. And I've still been doing that, but I decided since I was enjoying John so much, I might as well, as I'm reading those four chapters uh, and just reflecting upon them, also be actually reading through the beginning of the Gospel of John uh, and just kind of continue reading. So I flipped back to the beginning of John and... uh, I got hung up in chapter two and I've been which is uh, chapters two starts with turning the water into wine and Jesus's first miracle or first notable miracle that he does publicly and I've got hung up in this and it's because I I became hung up on a character that as I've read this story before, I've never thought about. And that would be the servants. And I say this is ironic uh, for me to be studying this week because, like I said, I just got engaged. So I'm looking towards being married and wedding, and a wedding. And uh, I was laughing because I just sat down or was getting ready to do this message this evening. And um, I was laughing because I hadn't planned this message to go along with my engagement. And it was just kind of funny that they were totally unrelated and yet seemingly very related at the same time. So it's kind of a funny God thing there. But like I said, I was fast, I got caught up by the servants in this passage. So I'm going to read from the beginning of chapter 2 down to chapter 9 and then I'm going to talk a little bit about my thoughts on that. So this is chapter 2 of the Gospel of John. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants knew who had drawn the water knew. I think I read that funny. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not w- know where it came from, but the servants had drawn the water new, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. So I'm going to stop right there. I know that's kind of mid-story, but I've been, I got caught up with these servants, and they're kind of a no-name, in-the-background uh, thing, which is why, I've, at least for me, they were easy to overlook. But the servants are the ones who actually get to partake in the witness of the miraculous work of Jesus, and they have a hand in it. Um, They are the ones that are put under Jesus, that Jesus is given authority over, and he tells them what to do, and they are responsible for following that command out and filling these six water pots of stone, and then also drawing it out and taking it to the master of the feast. And so I was struck by this, that they were next to Jesus, a huge part of this miracle that happened. And I think this can be a greater um, reference to our own lives. Look, seeing as we are the servants of Jesus Christ, we have been put under the authority of Jesus and we get to be the hands and feet of his miraculous power. It is Jesus that knows how he's going to do it, knows how he's going to solve the problem, does all the work. does all the, He has all the power. He has the miraculous power. We take no credit for it, but we are given the chance to partake in his miraculous work ourselves, just like these servants in this story did. And so part of of what the Lord is impressing upon me in this is, I don't, I don't, let's see, I think I'm going to switch my thought here. Um, one of the, so one of the things that stood out to me was, just as a servant, if I was put in on charge, in, ch- if I was, somebody was put in charge of me, who I don't normally work for, how will, would I respond to them? And so that was one interesting thought. But then as Christians, in looking at Jesus, we get to do what he says, and we get to have this amazing opportunity of diving into his glorious working. And that's only by, are we willing to do whatever he says, and do we do it? Like it says in verse 5, when Mary talks to servants, Uh, It says, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And we see the servants do that. And do I personally have a heart that is bent after the words of Jesus Christ? And what he says, do I actually do it? No matter how crazy it may sound or look. Uh, Just looking at this from a surface level, I know there's probably been many messages preached on this and many... um, statistics of how much water it was, how much wine it would have been, um, all these deep things that could be drawn out of this. Uh, The Lord hasn't. There is certainly some interesting things that I want to look at in this passage that I have been thinking about, but it's not what he laid on my heart to talk about with this particular episode. It's more of just a surface level. First of all, I was thinking about how much work I'm assuming it would be to fill these six water pots uh, of stone that each have 20 or 30 gallons, could hold 20 or 30 gallons. So on the low end, it's probably 120 gallons of water. And I'm not sure if there was a well or how they would have drawn all this water, but it seems like it would be a significant amount of work to get these all filled up to the brim. And that that brim was another thing. They didn't sh- stop short of they didn't just half-heartedly fill these things up like why are we doing this? I don't want to do this. But they filled them up to the brim. They they listened to exactly what the words of Jesus said, "Fill the water pots with water." And so they filled them up to the brim. And then he says to them further, "Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast." And they took it. These servants were they were obedient. And In my life, am I an obedient servant to Jesus? Do I obey the commands of Jesus Christ? Am I willing to obey the commands of Jesus Christ in order that I get to see this miracle work of Jesus happen? Uh, Another point that stood out to me was they had to take this this water turned into wine to the master of the feast. And this would have, I feel like this would have been a big deal. Um, you've just run out of wine. You have no more wine to serve. And Jesus fills these water, has these water pots filled up, turns them into wine. And whether the, I don't know how this worked out, whether they drew, whether the water, or the wine was, water was immediately turned to wine or whether when they drew it out, it turned to wine. I'm not sure, but they take it to the master. If I was that servant, I would have some reservations about taking that to the master of the feast, uh, that I'm going to take this unknown liquid that nobody's tasted yet. That was just turned from water into what looks like wine and take it to the master of the feast. The one who could bring uh, a blessing or a shame upon this wedding. And yet they take it willingly. And it says, when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. And I think that's what struck, this is the line that struck me the most that caused me to reflect upon this passage. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. And this is exciting to me that Like I said earlier, we get to be these hands and feet of Jesus if we are willing to partake in it. And we will get to have the -the behind-the-scenes look at how Jesus does things if we're willing to obey what he says to the fine line. And we'll get to see the joy that comes out of that. Um, In this case, it's the joy of a wedding and having more blessing come into this wedding through this excellent wine being brought in at the very end, which I think is uh, has spiritual significance too and something I'm pondering as well. Um, but I'm not sure I have enough uh, thoughts on that to add that to this particular passage. But I'm excited about the fact that the servants got to know where this miraculous good wine came from, and they got to see Jesus in action and were a part of it. And I think that's an important reflection into my own life. Do I want to be a part of Jesus' work? Am I listening to what he's commanding me? Am I filling the water pots that have been set before me so that he can pour out his power upon them and turn that substance into a new substance, taking water and making it better and turning it into wine, a fine, excellent wine. And spiritually speaking, am I willing to take something or am I willing to approach a situation, a problem, a circumstance in my life that looks like a bunch of water or a bunch of um, just plain boring stuff or unusable in in the purpose that it needs to be used for And surrender that to Jesus and be willing to work with it with the glory of Jesus in mind and see what he turns that into. And I think that is a super exciting concept. Um, Let's see. Another uh, part that stood out to me is in verse 3, and I'm kind of jumping all over the place. I've just covered the main topic that I wanted to focus on, but it says in verse 3, And when they and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And I, I'm sure you have all who are listening have heard some sort of message saying that this would have been a terrible uh, tragedy to have happen at a wedding, that they would run out of wine. That was not supposed to happen. Um, this party was supposed to go on for days, and you couldn't just run out of wine. Um, it's the fuel that runs this party, uh, basically. And they have, they have no wine. Um, and I was looking at this just briefly, and I'm, I'm not going to call this uh, a theological truth, but more of a concept I'm rolling around and thinking of. Because Jesus says to her, Woman, what does your concern have to, meet, have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, I have a couple of thoughts, um, and I haven't studied this out fully, so take it for a grain of salt. When Jesus has said, my hour has not yet come, that could mean uh, a couple different things in my mind. Uh, He could be referencing his death, which I think would have an interesting parallel with this idea of not having wine, or he could be talking simply about the fact that it was possible that his time to do miracles had not yet come. Uh, but yeah, he does a miracle anyway. So I'm not so certain about that one. But my thought was, he, is this they have no wine. Um, they'd run out of this life of the party, if you will. Um, this thing that is what makes the party happen. Uh, and they'd run out of it. And how do we? How does that happen in our own lives when we run out of something? Do we look do we turn to Jesus and say Jesus I I need more of this. I I feel like my joy has run out. I need your filling of joy. Turn this trial into joy for me. Jesus, I need peace. Turn this tribulation, turn this war in my soul to peace. Uh Father, I feel it or Jesus, Father or Jesus. Both work. Um, Jesus, I, th- I feel like the situations in my life are nothing but death around me and that there's no life in it. Can you turn this death into life? And so that was something that I've been rolling around too, and I think there could be a lot more there, but I throw that out there for um, all of you who are listening, you're just, your consideration and and what spiritually the implications of not having wine in a spiritual sense could have in your own life. If you look at wine as being something that you need to to have a full life, to have a fulfilled life, and I know it's, it's kind of a weird tension because I don't really want to make the comparison that wine is something that we need cuz i i don't really think that um and i don't think it's good to be drunk like this seems like this is referring to um but in the, for the analogy's sake and for the sake of this of this actual story um running out of wine in this case is not a good thing so how do we learn from this situation and recognize that Jesus has it all under control that he can turn water into wine he can turn the situations in our life that look less than desirable into one of the most desirable things that could happen, and there's a miracle that takes place. So there's some some thoughts for you this week. Uh, I'm still thinking about what solidly to go into. Uh, it's possible that in this next week I actually spend more time in this passage. Um, I feel like, as I've just reflected upon this, there's more to dig out. Uh, For example, I was thinking that this new wine that Jesus makes is a second, and if we look scripturally, seconds are always better, and that Jesus himself is a second, and so I wonder if there's a parallel there between the wine and Jesus. Um, So yeah, I'm not sure what the Lord's doing with this passage in my life, but just opening it up for conversation and just the awe of who Jesus is and that the glory goes to him at the end of the day. He is the miracle worker and that as his servants, we get to partake in that uh, and be excited about the work that Jesus is doing and how he is providing from nothing. So uh, I hope that excites you guys. I hope that this is good um, for you to listen to. Please pray for me as I embark in this new season of life and also just in the busyness of it all allow just that I would stay submitted and humbled before Jesus and would not become too busy or too drawn out uh, in all of life's matters and would stay solidly committed to serving and worshiping him and also just having that transition to a new focus in my life with all the things that he's also given me to now lead in so i would really appreciate that and know i'm praying for you all and i hope you have a great week Thank you for listening to War Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow and share this podcast with others so the truth of Jesus Christ will continue to spread. Thanks again for listening, and may the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus fill you today.